Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, a bi-weekly podcast coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming and the topics that affect the board game community. In episode 12, the Punchboarders will reach into the mailbag to answer a question, head on over to Clef's for a Kickstarter corner, and finally finish with a full review of Newton. Hi, everybody. I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. And I'm Richie. So, Chad, I hear I have a little bit of a bone to pick with you. Uh, we went over to your house for your birthday. Yeah, yeah. Kind of it party. Was my, it, yeah. Was my, it was my belated birthday get-together, which was it was good. It was, it was a fun time. And uh, usually, we each one of us, just for our listeners, each one of us has a birthday day where we primarily select the games we're going to play and everybody gets together. It's kind of a nice nice time. My birthday was earlier. We, we had talked about it, but this was my special birthday gaming day. So, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, okay, but... Like I said, I have a bone to pick with you. You taught a game that I had been wanting to play for quite a long time, Age of Steam. Chad, you want to tell everybody what you uh, what you kind of did in Age of Steam to not quite teach it right? Well, I just I chose the the more brutal variant of that game. Extremely brutal. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, so yeah, I, all right, I'll I'll cop to it. This is kind of embarrassing, but I was reading through the manual. I read through it uh, a little bit, and then I was at a crunch for time. I knew I wanted to play this, but I hadn't gotten through everything, and so I watched Heavy Cardboard's teach and play through the night before. I was up late. I was watching it on the iPad. I'll admit, I was I was drowsy. I was dozing in and out. The iPad kept hitting me in the face, and. Uh, and I missed out on a couple of things. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> l- let me kind of paint this picture here before you tell everybody here this. So if you don't know much about Age of Steam, it's a pick-up-and-deliver game where you're going to pick up cubes and deliver them to other cities. The board has a bunch of cities on it. And to start, when I sat down to play this game, there were two cities that had cubes on them. And that was it. The rest of the cities out there had no cubes. I'd never played the game, so I thought, okay, maybe that's how this variant is. I've always heard it's really you know, a, a more brutal ver- version of the game? Well, I, I mean, it does say, you know, Pittsburgh and Chicago, I believe it was. Those are the two cities. They start with three cubes on them. But there was a sentence under that that said, then randomly put two cubes on each of the other cities. <laughs> and I got to start at one of those cities, so I did not really care. Yeah. Oh, no, of course you didn't. You went on to cruise and crush us all because of that, where I went off to what St. Louis or or some one of those cities over there in the Midwest, and I had no cubes. And when you rolled those random dice to put more cubes out, I got no cubes from that. So I basically sat there and tried to flounder the best I could in that game for, what, five rounds, six rounds? I mean, technically, you should have been out after the first round, because there is player elimination in this game, and <laughs> Clef got to the point where he was going to be eliminated unless we didn't take back some moves to to keep him into the game. That was round one, okay? <laughs> I was about to go watch something on Netflix for the rest of the game. <laughs> I think somebody actually said, I mean, uh, I, this is where it's embarrassing, but I think somebody actually said, hey, are, are there only really just these cubes out in the cities? And I was like, no, shut up, man. It's a brutal game. <laughs> 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 so next time, Chad, don't fall asleep while watching a review, or excuse me, a how-to-play video on a game. No, this is going to be the Martin Wallace-approved 
br- extra brutal variant. Yeah. So I'm there's gonna... probably people out there that are gonna maybe try this variant just to see. <laughs> no, they're gonna be fist fights for the for the turn order. I think. <laughs> However, I will say now that I know that it's definitely a game I want to give a shot again to, uh, to to play because it was very interesting. It just was so punishing that I was like, God, how can anybody have fun with this with no cubes of bet on those two cities? The thing that's interesting to me is the role selection, you know, so you have the auction to to go to a certain turn order, but then after that you get certain powers like, okay, so I might not be first, but I'm going to deliver cubes first, or I might not be first, but I'm going to build railroads first, or I'm, I get to hang on in the auction of the next turn round or different things like that. Like you would think of in Puerto Rico and that kind of really amps up strategy and kind of what you want to do and playing a little cat and mouse game back and forth. And so, yeah, I, I definitely want to get it to the table with the less brutal variant. Yeah, it was definitely very interesting. And the interaction was really neat. The uh, one part that I really like, because you can really mess with people, is because your income will go down at the end of each round. And you could use someone else's track to bump their income up just a little bit so they get to that next level and then all of a sudden they shoot back down the income track at the end of the round. So really neat. I, I definitely want to try it again with the less brutal. Uh, I definitely agree with you, too, because the other thing I'm wondering, we didn't use the fill the cubes back up spot very much. We were playing a four player game. Right. And I'm wondering if that is a more you know, lucrative spot than maybe we were giving it credit for, because uh, I think a couple of times a couple of us went to the turn order track where you could like jump back into the auction and then hardly ever even use that. It didn't even seem like we used that one well. But anyways, for our first play, I mean, we made it through. Nobody got eliminated. Well, thanks to you guys <laughs> letting us stay in. <laughs> but overall, I think, I mean, we had a good time overall. We played Coimbra. We played Age of Steam. We played Brass. We played Newton. So that was a good day of games, wouldn't you say, fellas? Yeah, you definitely did well. There was no dungeon pets this year. Get out of here. Yeah, I, I will agree. I I will second the fact of no dungeon pets. Chad, those were good quality games that you chose. Good job. That feels like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. How about? All right, so since we're moving on, how about we move on to the mailbag? Richie, is that mailbag open over there? <laughs> yep, I got it open over here. How was that for a segue? You like that? Oh, that was good. That's nice right. and smooth. Good good job, Chad. <laughs> All right. So we got an email from our friend Corey, and his question is, is there any game that y'all play over and over again, even though it is one that you, for whatever reason, can never win? Mine is Kemet. I do enjoy the game, but never win. What about you, Clef? Is there any games that you love but can never get a win? Well, I'll, I'll tell you the one that I have never won, and I really, really like the game, and it's a game that I play with my friend Corey. So, Corey, he'll know this game, Vasco da Gama. I don't know if either one of you guys have played this one or not. Maybe I need to pull it out so I can play you guys and maybe win a game of it. But <laughs> I cannot beat Corey to save my life in this game. We've played it two players quite a few times. I've played it two or three players with some other people, and I just cannot seem to. I understand it. I get the concept of it. But just for whatever reason, I just don't seem to hit the right buttons to be able to win the game. I really, really like it, but yeah, I can't win it. The other thing that I would definitely say that I never win at, well, I shouldn't say I never win at. I mean, I will occasionally, but any Lacerda game, if you put me and Chad in the same Lacerda game, Chad beats me almost every single time. I don't understand it. I can't, I don't, it doesn't matter. Lisboa, Gallerist, Vinos. I'll be like, oh, I got him this time. I got him this time. I got him, and no go. Well, except that one Vino's play. 
the the death spiral. Well, yes, okay, but since then, I, yeah, okay, <laughs> that, that was one game. <laughs> that was one spiral. game, but that was a very entertaining game, I'm sure, for you. But. Well, it certainly that was. has made us a uh, a saying for the rest of our life: the the Chad death spiral, Vino's death spiral. <laughs> well, I, I thank you for the kudos. For some reason, uh, Vital Lacerda's games just click with me. So. Must be the theme. Must be the theme. <laughs> yeah. I don't think of the theme, and you think of the theme. That's what it, what it must be. He ties be. it to the mechanisms. <laughs> strong, strong theme. Uh, well, right. okay, so what jumping in on that, my game is going to be Gaia Project, because I play, played a lot of games of Gaia Project, and you you usually win Gaia Project. That kills me. It kills me, because I love that game. but uh, And it's still fun. I, I love it a lot, but... Uh, I think one of my few wins has come solo, so that, <laughs> that, that, uh, that should tell you something. The other game, of course, is Sushi Go. My wife always beats me at Sushi Go. I know that's a much lighter game, but because it's got that pusher luck element, I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to collect these five whatever they are, the sashimi rolls or whatever, and I, ne- I never am able to do that. So, yeah. so Gaia Project and Sushi Go. <laughs> that's right. That my, is our range on this podcast for you folks. <laughs> What about you, Richie? I know for me, uh, Vikings is one, which I've played with both of you. I, I know I lost that game. Yep. Uh, but that's a older Michael Kiesling that, I mean, my wife destroys it. It's one of her favorite games. She just destroys me every time we play it. But I love it still. It's a, got a great auction rondelle thing going on there, but I'm terrible at it. I spend way too much money. And then uh, the other one uh, is Marco Polo. Uh, I play this one online a lot. And I went and looked at my plays. I've played it about 75 times online and I've won four or five times and I still love the game though even though I'm absolutely terrible at it except for I remember one game not too long ago that me and you and I can't remember Josh yeah Josh Josh were playing and I'm pretty sure you lapped Josh and you darn near uh almost got to where I was yeah that was a, a rare site that I actually pulled off of a win but I just got I got lucky with my city bonuses that I got at the start I thought Richie was a pro at Marco Polo after that game. Nope. (laughs) I get that back to the table then. (laughs) All right, Corey. So we appreciate the email and uh, we'll definitely have to get a game of Kimmin in. And that's another one that I love that I don't always win at. But um, if I can get an easy win off of you, Corey, I'll definitely do that. So, (laughs) hey, let's uh, let's put out a a guild post. And I'd be really curious if anybody wants to chime in on this also and say some games that maybe you have. Uh, both ways, I guess. Maybe a game that you have a really hard time winning, or maybe just even a like a genre, you know, like a Lacerda game, or maybe a game that you're really good at that you always seem to uh, do well in. I'd be interested to hear about that. Yeah, so go to the guild. At, we're at Board Game Geek Guild 3227, and hop on and jump in that poll or post and let us know, basically, you know, what, what, what is your Achilles gaming heel? Ah, good way to put that there, Chad. <laughs> All right, so let's head on over to Clef's Kickstarter Corner. Yeah, I got a really good one this time, everybody. This is Hellenica, the Story of Greece. Uh, It's currently on Kickstarter right now. It is a one to seven player game that only goes about two hours, and it's a 4X game. Hmm. So that sounds interesting. We're talking all 4Xs, right? Exploit, expand, exterminate, and explore? Expand, exterminate. Yep. 
Exploits. Yeah, that's four X's. <laughs> I think we're trying to make like six X's. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. So it's got all aspects of it, and for only a two-hour game, that's pretty cool. You don't have a lot of four X games that you play, and I don't. I don't. Richie probably plays the most of of those of all of us, but his is more area control. But what interested you in this particular four X game? Well, for some reason, when I was looking through this. It really had a little bit of a, a similarity to Twilight Imperium for me because it was kind of like you're playing like a certain race and then, you know, certainly Twilight Imperium definitely has the four X's where you're exploring and expanding and, you know, certainly trying to exterminate. So, and the, the other thing about the game is the way to win it is you have public objectives so that a public is similar to Twilight Imperium where you have public objectives and then you have secret objectives similar to that. So I just thought, you know, I'll tell you, I really love the artwork and I think the minis look really cool. Definitely, I like the theme a lot. I mean, I like ancient Greece and, you know, the gods and Zeus and all that kind of stuff. Just has always been an interesting period of time for me. So I just think that looks really cool. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that, at least for me, I think that's what kind of drew me in when I saw it. Does it have the designer on there? Yeah, it is Scott Demers. And it's going to be published by Mr. B Games. So it's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, so it's a Kickstarter, but yet it looks like it has a publisher that's kind of working with them, which I, at least to me, that means it's not just some independent person putting out something that might look cool, but then it's kind of a, you know, not very good game. So definitely something I'm looking forward to. I would say if you like Twilight Imperium or if you like any type of 4X type of game, this is definitely one to check out. I think it's still, you know, still have at least 15 days left on the uh, campaign. They're already fully funded. They've already hit most of their stretch goals. I think it's over a hundred grand at this point. I think their initial uh, pledge was only for 20,000. So they've hit a lot of different stretch goals. Definitely something uh, to go check out. So that's uh, Hellenica, the story of Greece. <laughs> Let's move into the hotness from Gen Con. Now, I say this is the hotness from Gen Con because there were very few copies to be grabbed for the, for this game, and we had talked about that in our last episode. So we were one of the lucky ones, and it's not even available for pre-order anywhere that I've seen yet either. But we want to talk to you about this game because it's it's been on our minds as soon as we grabbed it. So... Here is our review of Newton. In Newton, the players take on a role of young scientists who want to become one of the greatest geniuses of this period. To do this, they travel around Europe, visiting universities and cities to study to discover new theories. They build new tools, and they work to earn money. The game is going to be played over six rounds. Each round, every player will play five cards from their hand, with each played card allowing the player to perform one of the game's actions. An action has a variety of effects depending on which symbol of that action is visible on the board. At the end of the round, a player can take back all cards they played except for one. That one card has to be left on the board, which means you give up the possibility of doing that action, but it also means the action when you carry it out later will be of greater strength. Fortunately, you can acquire new cards that will allow you to perform more actions with additional powers. After six rounds, you're going to calculate your final scoring, and the player with the most victory points wins. 
So there you go, guys. That's really a brief overview of how to play Newton. There's obviously a lot more to it, but I I don't necessarily want to bore everybody with the details. So let's just roll right into this and see what everybody thinks of it. Chad, let's start off with you. Let's talk first about components and art. Well, as far as the art is concerned, for me, I think it's standard bog fare for Euros. It's basically looks a lot like Clemens Franz. I know that's not who it is. Maybe one of you can bring up that and look. I cannot remember who the artist is on this. I thought when I looked at the box, it still it, it had like a username. Yeah. It was like yeah. some weird illustrator. Almost looked like a, you know, like an Instagram username. Yeah, so uh, check check on that for me, but I I mean it seemed like standard Clemens Franz art. It it there was nothing real special about it. And I you know, I like Clemens Franz, but the art is fine. Um, the board itself, it's kind of bland. I would say it's pretty, a lot of browns and and neutral colors on that board. It's nothing like Merlin that we re- reviewed last episode where it really pops out at you. And as far as the components, they, they were fine. I mean, you're going to have these cards a lot in your hands, so they're not super great card quality. So we we sleeved them instantly because you're going to need that. But Richie, were we right on the artist? Who is the artist? It is Clement Franz. So, Oh, okay. Okay. So I don't know where that username thing came from, but there was something about that was probably graphic design stuff anyway. Yeah. It looks like Clement Franz and the components are okay. None of this is special, but that, you know, it's pretty average in my opinion. Richie, what'd you think? I would have to agree, and maybe even below average, because I know you had a couple components that had some issues as far as the quality goes, Clef. But, yeah, I mean, there's really not even that much art in the game. I mean, the Masters cards that you draft, that's really about it. Everything else is symbols and different things like that. So, you know, it's a little disappointing as far as the art and maybe even the quality control. Hopefully they they get that figured out, you know, once they do the mass release. So uh, what about you, Clef? It's a Euro game. And it feels and looks like a Euro game. Now, not necessarily does a Euro game have to look and feel like a boring Euro game. Obviously, we have beautiful designs in Vinos and Lisboa and all these great artists. And, you know, certainly Ian O'Toole has done some amazing Euro game art. And Viticulture, you know, Beth Sobel. And those have really beautiful components as well. So there are, you know, we're moving towards this. And this is a Simon game. They're known for that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in one way, I want to give it a pass because I'm like, okay, I don't really care about the art and the components. I just want to, I want good game mechanisms. But on the other hand, when you're paying as much money as you are for a board game nowadays, I'm going to say definitely below average. I mean, art, definitely below average. Um, you know, Clemens Franz is, is a fine artist to just, you know, there's just not a lot here. And I certainly it could have been a little bit more and a little bit nicer. But really, the thing that I would talk about is is the components. They are definitely below average. There's no doubt about it. The board quality is not very thick. So both of my player board, the player boards that you, the map that you play on, have a little bit of warping already to them. And then the card quality wasn't great. I had to sleeve it, as you said, for to make sure that, because uh, I think it would have really worn the cards out, because you are holding the cards a lot. Uh, the player boards themselves, the player board's probably the prettiest of it because it has all those pretty books on it, uh, the different colors and stuff on it. But yeah, components, a little bit of lackluster. I think you could have you sunk a little bit more into this gameplay to make it, make it look a little bit better. Well, how about we uh, transition into where I think the game kind of shines is the in the gameplay. 
Uh, so, Chad, how about you? Well, the gameplay, like you said, that is what this game is about. That's why you, that's why you play this game because the mechanisms in it are are very very good. It's not one of those things where you have anything groundbreaking in the gameplay. It's just that the it's one of those Euro games that the mechanisms mesh very well together. One of the things about this game is the feeling of combos. So you get this great feeling when you're able to tag, you're able to tuck a card under your board, and then that has been planned ahead for a few turns so that now you can do something that is three powered and helps you move around the board a bunch and helps you get this other token that then you can used to put in your bookshelf, which gets you a bunch of points. It's sort of a, a point salad game, I would say, but in a very satisfying way. And the combos are what's great. For instance, the cards that I was just talking about, laying and playing down those cards, feels kind of like Mombasa because they have the smaller cards that you're used to. And you're putting those down, but you're really having to plan ahead with that because you have a whole round to plan for and this whole hand of cards. And so you want to do it in just the right way that you can chain that together to get those combos. And at the end of a round, when you see that you've done that and it basically showers you in points, that feels pretty satisfying. So the the gameplay is 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 really great in that way. No, I, I totally agree. That's This is where this game shines. It has great designers who have made other games that we all enjoy quite a bit. Uh, Lorenzo, Marco Polo. These are games that what I refer to for me is that warm, fuzzy feeling. Okay. Number one thing when I'm playing a board game is the community, the people that I'm playing with and the enjoyment I get. But the second thing that I look for is interesting mechanics that give me those, I can't describe anything else, but that warm, fuzzy feeling when I figure out, okay, I'm going to play this card and then next time I'm going to play this card and it's going to be better because I played that card before and ooh, look at this. Now I get to go over here and I get to do this and I get to do this and it's like, ooh, look at what I just did. That's what I get out of this game. And I'll tell you, game-wise, components or game-wise, it's not a heavy, hard game to learn. I mean, I think when I taught you both, fairly simple, right? I mean, it wasn't like you had to you sit there for a long time and ask questions or anything? No, I mean, it's it's a quick teach, and you pick up on it really fast. Yeah. It moves fairly quickly, too, once you understand how, how it plays. I mean, that's another thing. We talked about Nusfjord earlier this year. It's just a little bit longer than that game is and feels very, very satisfying. So you can play. Uh, we've played a couple of, of games of this back-to-back, no problem. So that's another, uh, another bonus as far as gameplay is concerned. And another thing that you were talking about, the warm, fuzzy feeling, one other thing I'd like to qualify with that, it's not quite like a tech tree, but you, when you tuck those cards, you've got something else that nobody else around the table quite has. You're building something for yourself, and so you've, you're specializing in this thing, and you're going to get to move around the board more than anybody else. And it's it's fun to do that, and you also kind of look around and see people do stuff, and, hey, what are they doing over there? Uh, that looks like fun. I want to do that. You know, there, there's a lot of that kind of feeling. And Richie, I think when we were talking earlier, you had said, you know, you love being able to take these different paths that you can specialize in one thing or just a couple things. You don't have to do everything in this game. Right. You can go after a completely different strategy and you, you can win the game. You'll be really close to everyone else. But I mean, everyone else can take a different path in this game. 
and you have a chance to win. And I love that in this game. I also love, like Chad already said, that this game feels like, you know, all the best parts of a lot of games that we love. Uh, Mombasa with the card play, Marco Polo with the travel, uh, Lorenzo with the master's cards. They feel like the leaders. And even though that nothing in the game is necessarily groundbreaking, I think it takes all those and just mashes it in together uh, perfectly. Yeah, fantastic gameplay. So now, Clef, I know you've played this a lot more than me and Chad since you own the game, even though I would love to break into your house and steal it. But (laughs) (laughs) um, how how does it scale? Uh, We've played it at all player counts, but, you know, with more plays on your belt, how do you feel that it scales? Scales great. There's no doubt about it. It, I love it at two-player. I love it at three-player, and I love it at four-player. There's not much... Like, if you play with three and four players, you put out a few more bonus discs out on the board, but that's really about it. The only issue that I slightly have with it is when you play three or four players, you know how most games, player one will get two coins, player two will get three coins, player four will get four coins, something on those lines. You do not have that in this game. Everybody starts off with two coins. So the first player is always going to have all the best options, okay? He's going to be able to either buy a new card or he's going to be able to get a bonus or he's going to be able to travel first. The second player then is going to have the next best option. So when you get down to the fourth player, they are going to have three less options with no any extra money or anything for that. Now, I did email the uh, one of the designers, uh, Nestore, and he got back to me and basically said, well, they figure in play testing that it wasn't an issue, that the whoever went fourth, they could just do something else than what maybe the other three people did, and they didn't find any issue with it. So that's why they kept the coins at the same level. Now, I've, okay, I've played it 14 times, which is a lot for a game, but I'm guessing that they probably played it hundreds upon hundreds of times before they, they released it. So at this moment, I'm going to trust him and say, okay, maybe it will even out. I believe I've only gotten in the one four-player game. So that's where I'm not quite 100% on, you know, it being what it would be for the four-player. Well, I remember that four-player game was on my birthday gaming day. So, mm-hmm. and you were last and Richie went first and you can draft these cards uh, from the row. Right, so right. that is one of the mechanisms. If, so if you choose to take a lesson, basically you will draft a card from these three different rows. Now, if you want to draft higher than the first row, first of all, you already have to have an extra lesson symbol tucked into your player board. So that's not going to happen in the first round. Or you have to pay more money to move down those rows. And so in our play of it, Richie took a lesson card, and then our friend Jordan took a lesson card, and I took a lesson card, and then you were stuck with Nothing. You had to pay if you wanted to move down or, or as Nestore said, you had to choose something else. So the variant I think you were talking about was since we all have different player boards with a starting symbol of an action on them, you could let the last player draft which board they wanted to start with, which symbol they wanted to start with an extra yeah. extra action. on. Yeah, that was, you know, that was just somebody on the guild that, that popped in and gave that suggestion, um, which you know, for if you don't know the game, every symbol that you have, like I said, kind of on the board when you when you play that card, gives you that many action points basically or movement. So, for instance, like you travel in the game, and if you had three travel 
or if you had two symbols of travel out and you play a travel symbol, you can move up to three spaces on the travel. So each one of these boards will start with one of four of the five symbols. The only one that's not on there is the lessons symbol. So you have the travel, like I said, you have the work, you have the technology, which is kind of you have these students that move around for you and get you stuff. And then you have the study. Now, we did talk about how there is many multiple ways to win this game. However, I will say this. Out of the 14 games that I've played, if you do not concentrate and do something with your study, you're probably not going to win. Not saying that you have to fully do study, and I'm saying you could certainly do some of the travel, some of the technology, some of the work, you know, or combination or, you know, such of that. But almost every single game, if you don't do study, you're not going to have a chance to win. You really got to, you got to pound that a little bit. So when you have those symbols, certain ones like work, uh, not to say that it's not bad. It's, it's, it's not that it's bad, but it's not necessarily the best one. But the study one, the one where you start off with one study, is by far, I'm going to tell you right now, the best board. Because it just gives you more options to be able to put those books up there quicker. And it certainly seems like it's easier to play with for beginners because when you're studying and you put those books up every round, if you get a row covered up, you're getting points for that every round over and over and over. So it's an engine that sort of builds on itself that is a little bit more evident and easy to play with than some of the other strategies. But I do think it kind of depends on the board setup. It's definitely one of those games that at the beginning, you really need to look at the different bonuses, where the different universities are, and everything like that, and kind of prepare for that. It's the, very much like Council of Four or Voyages of Marco Polo in that way. You have to look at the board, and then and then you're it's going to help you choose your strategy. And, and I would say when I first started playing the game, I would always go after a new card, a le- do a lesson to get a new card right away. Now... I've noticed that I actually try to do that more where I look at the board and like, especially with your student where you start off on the technology track, I'll look to see, is there a really good quick bonus that I can go get? Cause sometimes it might be, which, you know, like a couple of coins or it might be a potion, which, you know, in the game, these potions will basically let you ignore prerequisites to put your books up in these studies that will get you victory points. So I have started looking a little bit different at the game than I did originally when I first started playing it. So maybe that's where Nestori says, you know, hey, you don't always have to just go get a lesson card just because you're the fourth player. Maybe you go do something different or maybe one of those other players went and did something different and there's still cards left out. Yeah, I mean, since we've started talking about it, how about we go into variability and replayability? Uh, Chad, how do you think as far as the variability? That's what's great about this game. The board is seated all the time with different tiles, and the way that they're seated really helps you choose your strategy, but it's it's highly variable in that way. There are, as we said, different boards that you start with, which make it a little bit more variable. You can kind of pick your strategy based on what you're given and work from there. So I, I think there's a lot of variability in this game. Also, the cards that you go after, it's all really designed with an eye towards variability. I think they were really conscious of that, and it shows in this game. It does. I mean, with the exception of maybe Argent, which has probably the greatest variability of any game I've ever played, <laughs> this one certainly has more variability than most games because, like you just said, every single thing is seated differently. There's different tiles that will be in some games and not in others and the cards come out different. So every game, and I've played this now 14 times, 
and I'm still ready to play it more. I love the fact that every time I play it, I feel like I'm getting, you know, it's the same game. I mean, every single time, let's not get me wrong. It's the same game I'm playing, but I feel like it's a different game every single time that I've played it. And that's what I really, really enjoy about this game. Yeah. I think all of us kind of feel that way. I've got, I think five plays under my belt and Richie, you've got uh, three or four. Okay. Yeah. We all feel qualified to, to speak about this game and review this game. So Richie, why don't you, why don't you nail down for our punch borders, the rating scale here? Sure. So we rate on a one to six scale, a one being uh, throw it away. It's trash, burn it. And a six being a rare game, hall of famer, top contender for one of our favorite games of all time. So let's start with uh, Chad. You can probably tell if you've been listening that we're pretty high on this game. This designer, Luciani, and the people that he works with often are some of our favorite designers. We expected to like this game. We expected to want to rush and get this game at Gen Con. So I don't think there's too much of a surprise here. I'm going to put this at a solid five that could inch up even higher as I continue to play it. You know, if there are expansions that come out, not that I need them, but you know, more more things to change the game. I really enjoyed my plays of this. It just hits that great spot of decision-making, some individual distinctions between players and lots of, lots of combo goodness. So this is a five for me. I expect it to be right up near the top at my end of the year list. So, Clef, why don't you give us your review? Well, as I've already said, I've played this game 14 times, which is a pretty telltale sign that I enjoy this game and I enjoy it a lot. It gives me, as I said earlier, that warm, fuzzy feeling. It gives me that that endorphin rush of liking to figure out the puzzle. And like I said, it's different for me. Almost every single game feels like a different game with as much variability as it has. Um, I'll say this, it is a hundred percent going to be in my top 10 for the year. There, there's no way there would be nine games that will come out or 10 games. I should say that would ever bump it off the top 10. So now I had to decide, is this a game that possibly could be in my top, you know, 10, 20 games of all time. And I'm going to say right now, the answer is yes. Oh, <laughs> so I, I got to give this a six. This I, is, I cannot give this game a five. The it first is, six. It, yeah, absolutely. I, I cannot give this game a five. There's no way. Are there, you know, are there other games that I, and, and quite honestly, I do I like Lorenzo El Magnifico better? Yes. At this moment, I still think I like Lorenzo better, but this game definitely has the potential to be, at least I'm going to almost guarantee in my top 20 games of all time could possibly hit the top 10 games of all time. I, I one of those things I'd have to look and check on. So I got to give it a six. I got to give it a six. You heard it right here. The first six <laughs> ever on Punchboard paradise. All right, Richie, give us your review. Right. Um, I mean, like I said, it, if I, if Clef didn't know where I lived and I didn't live like seven minutes up the road, I would be willing to break into his house to steal this game. <laughs> He usually lets us walk in anyway. Yeah, mean, that's you true. Could, you could do this pretty easily. <laughs> I know exactly where I'm going if I can't find the game. <laughs> and uh, uh, this is my favorite game that I've played this year, hands down. I don't know if anything's going to beat that. And I'll just get right to it. Uh, it's a six for me. What? 
Wow. Two, two sixes. sixes. Two six, two, that's <laughs> I, right. I kind of feel left out. Chad is wrong. <laughs> Shut up. I mean, it was a five just when I saw the designers. So, it, <laughs> so the gameplay pushed it to a six. The game just bumped it up to a six. Yeah. So it's a six, hands down. Fantastic game. Chad is, I mean, he gave it a five. I can't really give him any crap for it. No. Sure. <laughs> I'll let it slide. Fantastic game. So we got a five out of Chad and two sixes out of Clef and myself. So I would say we we recommend this game. Uh, yeah. If you like the games that we like, you should wait till they bring it out. I think, well, <laughs> yeah. I've it. seen it say, I, th- I th- saw it on the SN page uh, for, on, on Board Game Geek. I saw it on the Essen page. So I think they're going to have some copies at least at Essen. I can't say exactly how many. But if you have your chance to get a hold of a copy of this, uh, you know, if, like I said, if you like Marco Polo, if you like Lorenzo El Magnifico, if you like Grand Austrian Hotel, any of those type of games, this is definitely in those weight categories and type of games. I, I definitely say give it a shot. All right. Well, that is Newton from Nestore Mangone and Simone Luciani and Cranio Creations and Simon Games. There you have it. God, you say that so much smoother than I do. <laughs> all right so uh i heard that richie kind of has a surprise for us i i mean i hope well, it's we, not 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 other i was gonna here. say i, hope I don't want to see <laughs> we had a surprise here. for him and by the way if you guys haven't seen it go to our instagram page or our twitter feed you will see some awesome elf ears those are sweet and i will say that <laughs> that took a lot of work you both owe me I, and now I'm gonna have to like replace the floors in our house or do some other house project. But Jessica made it clear that that has to happen. Otherwise, you two are not welcomed in the home anymore. Wow. <laughs> okay. So I, I just want to say, I mean, like in that picture, she looks so so happy. Because she's gonna serene. get a project. I out guess of maybe him. that's what it is. <laughs> because she just looks so so natural in those elf ears yeah. in that picture. I have a feeling we're gonna get a phone call from Richie one day saying, "Hey guys, time to come over and tear this up or demo this or something." That's right. I'm not doing it by myself. So, <laughs> uh. so listeners, hopefully you enjoyed that picture because we're gonna have to do some work for it. All right. So what is our surprise, Richie? We're gonna play a game. All right. All right. I'm okay. in the game. All right. I'm up, now, up for a game. Have either one of you heard of the podcast Doug Loves Movies? No, I, I can't nope. say that I have. Okay. No. Nope, nope. Well, it's a kind of a movie trivia podcast. So if you're like a, a movie buff or movie nerd, definitely go check that out. But they play a lot of games on there. And one of the games they play is called Last Man Stanton. And the way that that game works is they'll pick a actor or director with a lot of credits. And then they'll have to go back and forth naming different movies that that person has directed or been in. We're going to do the same thing. But with the designer, sweet. Okay. I love. I actually played this game. We, we you spell like film or or movie or something like that. Right. Like you get a letter if you. Okay, yeah, I like this. Well, we're not. We're just gonna keep going until one of you fails, basically. Uh, this <laughs> might be real quick. So, well, we're gonna do a designer that you both know really well. Okay, okay. Stefan Feld. Okay. Okay. I've got thirty games that he is credited as designing. So. Uh, Chad, no fair looking at the bookshelf. <laughs> yeah, no, no looking no, around. I'm focused on your beautiful eyes. <laughs> so we should do fine. I would imagine we would do fine for a little bit here, but uh, it'll be interesting to see where it goes here. So we got to decide who goes first, though. I'll get. I'll let Clef go first. All right, Clef. Okay. So, so I am just simply naming a game 
Here's the rules. Okay. I guess I should go over the rules. Okay. Yeah, you're going to name the title of the game. You have to give the full title of the game. For example, Josh made us play, or he made me play that that terrible Rome game. (laughs) I couldn't just say Rome. I would have to say Rome, City of Marbles. Okay? Okay. That all makes sense? Full title. Full title, including the the, if it's the. Oh, okay. All right. Actually, no, I won't be that picky. All right. Okay, we won't I was going to say, okay. let's not go We that won't get that picky, okay. but right. I need the full title. Okay. okay. Clef, start us off. Notre Dame. Ooh, strong start. I didn't think you were going to go there, but yep, we got that. Chad? Bruges. In the Year of the Dragon. Aquasphere. Trajan. <laughs> okay. Is that, is that a good I, one? Okay. Yep. <laughs> Rialto. Oracle of Delphi. Okay. La Isla. Merlin. The Pillars of the Earth Builder's Duel. Nice pull, nice pull. Um, I think the game is called Castles of Burgundy. The, the Castles, Castles of Burgundy would have just lost right there, yep, but yep. we're not uh, well, being a stickler. We said, so I didn't have to worry about it. <laughs> are we including the dice game and the card game in this? Those are separate games. Okay. The Castles of Burgundy, the dice game. The Castles of Burgundy, the card game. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Now it's getting down. Um, yeah, I'm just about out. <laughs> oh, oh, Ooh, I hope you're on. out first. Ooh. Hold on. Oh, Amerigo. Right, now, can I ask, did we say this already? Because some, I, I yeah, If you say it, I'll let you know if we've already said it. In the Year of the Dragon? You said it. You said that. Okay, <laughs> apologize. Brain. Woo, okay. Luna. Yep. Mm, Ooh, nice come on. one. Come on. Nice one. Is there a timer here? <laughs> How long does he have to think? There's another big one. I'm surprised you guys haven't said yet. Hold on. A group a group favor. I don't know why I'm giving clues. Yeah, favor. why are you giving Jigsaw's over Chad right now? <laughs> and I will just say, while Chad is thinking, although I'm going to have to turn on the Jeopardy music here in a second, you can also include games that have not been released yet. So he's got two games that are coming out at Essen. Carpe Diem. Really? <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh my goodness! I I can picture the box cover of the other game that he's releasing at Essen, but I I don't know the name of it off the top of my head. Well, there's still a bunch um, more games though. A ton of yeah, games. Yeah, you were having trouble thinking of one. So, <laughs> oh, Bora Bora. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. nice. <laughs> I started that going through my one. list of How top fields, and I was like, oh yeah, we didn't say Bora Bora. I know that. <laughs> All right, now I got to move to the the bottom level of the fields here. I I kind of hit it with pillar pillars of the earth but yeah that is probably the bot although the that oh no i can't talk anymore i'll stop well, there's that pirate game <sighs> pirate game. yeah that's not america? kind of a kid's pirate game uh, is pirates america i said that I no 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 I, I, are oh, there pirates in the game yeah there's pirates in the game because you got to fight pirates oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. um I, I might be stumped here oh this is painful i can't believe <laughs> i'm shocked i am of all the people i know this is awful. I know I should come up with another one. You're going to start kicking yourself when, when I start reading and, off and, the titles that you guys shoot. did not name. Oh, gosh. And while he's that. still thinking here, I would like a clarification on the rules. Since I started, doesn't he should have to, if he gets one, he should actually have to come up with another one because otherwise we're tied on the number we've gotten. I agree. Okay. All right. Forum Trajanicum. Is that the new one that's coming out? That is the, <laughs> that is the new one. It's, yeah. it's Forum. It's. Trajanum, Trajanum, something like that. I'll I'll let that one pass. All right, thank you. What? (laughs) (laughs) I get get picked on for a the in Castle (laughs) We're letting that go? 
Oh boy. Um, well, I don't know. Uh, can I, can I make a phone call to Bryce? No, no, (laughs) (laughs) nope. Bryce, I need to phone a friend. I (laughs) need a felon game. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to come up with another one. I've named everyone that I own. Uh, Bruges City on the Zwin expansion. <laughs> uh, no expansions. Oh, all right, Chad. Can so, you? So I, yep, I concede. Can Chad name one more? Can Chad... Jorvik. There you go. Ah, For the God, win. <laughs> uh, Macau. I was surprised. Oh, you guys yes. didn't Macau. Never played that one. So, yep. Rum and Pirates was the Pirates That's game you were thinking it. of. Yep. Uh, the name of the rose. Oh yeah, that was that one of the movie. I think. Nope. And oh, Roma. Have either one of you played Roma, that two-player nope. dice and card game? I have not played it, but nope. I have. it's, never it's a mean it. game. Okay. Never okay. That's all the ones of note, really. There's a you know Roma too. He had that uh, crappy uh, kids game. It happens. <laughs> yeah, it happens. <laughs> so, That's, you're asking well, for it if you call a okay. game. It happens. I feel pretty good. I got pretty. You pretty. I am down. impressed. He picked the one designer you could name that many games from. That's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> 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 thank you that was a fun game Richie. Yeah, that thank was pretty awesome. i like that game right. you guys did well all right mm. well d- d- now what do i win uh nothing oh <laughs> all right well. actually uh no no you don't win new. anything no another okay. one new. <laughs> <laughs> but clef loses oh he does his deluxe copy oh of brass well That's see i already have a deluxe. i, I should have said that at the beginning that that's what the whoa, what happens whoa, when you lose. Whoa, but. whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> How does me losing that you? Oh, because you would have taken Chad's if he would have lost. Uh, yeah, you both have. So <laughs> <laughs> and Richie does not. So win-win for me. That's right. Um, I, th- I think I'm gonna have to uh, say no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Richie, again, thanks for that fun game. You guys are going to have to duke it out. I just want to make a quick announcement before we finish up here. So we're going to switch to a little bit of a different schedule. We're going to try to put out three episodes a month right now because we're trying to get out some of these reviews to you. There are a lot of games that we want to play, we want to talk about, we want to share with you. So we're going to be putting three out a a month and... Two of those are going to be reviews, and we're going to have one of the draft that you guys enjoy. Hopefully that schedule will work out, and everybody will get a little bit of what they want to listen to. We'll be trying out different things like this game and stuff, and you guys can let us know what you think. And speaking of letting us know what you think, again, you can always email us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. If you want to get on our Slack chat, just send us an email to that email address. We've been asking people what they would like to see as far as the draft lists, and they've been giving us some ideas. So come on over and give us some some future ideas for that. Uh, we're on Twitter at, at PunchBorders. We have a Facebook and an Instagram page as Punchboard Paradise. And like I said, we're on Board Game Geek at Guild 3227. So don't forget to Go over to the guild and let us know your feelings about games that you kind of stink at but love anyway. One of the reasons why we're kind of going to this new schedule, as Chad said, we want to get out more reviews for you guys. And right now that's kind of getting tough with just bringing out two episodes a month. So hopefully you guys like it. We're always trying to improve everything we can here, trying to make our, you know, the episodes better, trying to get the content that you guys want. And we've really been working hard on trying to get the sound the best we could. I want to throw a big shout out to our friend, Tony. He is a, has knows a lot about sound and he was so gracious. He came over and I don't know, spent a good hour with us and worked through all the sound to try to get the 
the right, I don't know, EQs and gates and refurbs and something. Okay, I'll 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 stop. But anyways, in all seriousness, Tony, big shout out. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it for episode 12. Tune in next time when the Punch Boarders review brass. Thanks, everybody. Have a good evening. See you later. Thanks for listening.